0: The greatest event in all human history was the birth of God into the world he built.
1: Jesus Christ is God incarnate.
0: This is Bob Boyd. And
1: Jerry Boyd.
0: This is Issues in Education.
1: The Apostle John wrote, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word of God became flesh and blood, human like us.
0: That's astounding. Yes. That really is. That's the most astounding fact in all human history that Almighty God who created trillions of stars, huge Planets that he who created everything from nothing left his power and position in heaven, where he was worshipped and obeyed, and came to this tiny little rebellious planet in the smallest form possible. God limited himself to be a single cell. Argus is the actor who played the part of Jesus in more films than any other actor. Bruce Marciano is a writer, director, and producer of excellent films. Who would expect the entrance of God into one of the most minuscule planets that he built? And yet he came as a baby.
1: He could have just appeared on the scene as a king, but yet comes in the form of a baby. God chose to have him go through all the normal everyday things that we do so that he would thoroughly understand what it's like.
2: He could have come anyway, but he chose to come in this remarkably humble way. It's pretty remarkable if you imagine the living God deciding his plan for salvation. He can choose any way he wants to enter the world. He can enter the world as the child of a king, be born in a palace. But what he chooses is this remarkably obscure. Pure, anonymous, impoverished setting.
1: You portrayed Jesus as very joyful Jesus. Did that really tug at people's hearts?
2: Hebrews 1 verse 9 says, He was anointed with the oil of joy. He was not this heavy, somber, long face, but that he was a man filled with joy. The best example would be Lazarus rising from the tomb. I mean, next time you're driving by a cemetery, just imagine you look over and the ground explodes and this guy stands up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's nothing religious about that. Your hair would fry, yeah. your eyeballs would do like a cartoon <laughs> in your head. You know, your life would never be the no. same, just be so freaked out that's what it was and Jesus walked in that all day long dead eyes they were opened up dead legs they were made strong Dead people. They rose from the grave.
1: Jesus is the creator. He created everything. And yet, here he chooses to humble himself and come to this earth, this tiny, tiny little earth, a little speck.
2: Imagine the headline news is Bill Gates gives away everything, all of his assets, and takes a job in a car wash. I mean, it would be the biggest news in the world. What Jesus did was a kabillion times more than that example.
1: Whoa. Can you imagine even being at someone's funeral and there? in the casket and the casket opens up and they just get up and walk out. I mean you don't just sit
2: there. These are mind-blowing realities. The intrusion of the kingdom of God into a broken world and into broken lives. With every moment of it, Jesus says, This is who I am. You know, he raises Lazarus from the dead and in that he says, This is who I am. He weeps for the brokenness of people and in that act he says, This is who I am. More than anything else, his blood drips in the ground, and with every drop, he whispers, Know me. This is who I am. He restrains all the power of heaven and lives out moment by moment the fullness of his Father's will. He lived in perfect obedience, and what he chooses to do is make himself nothing. He cooks breakfast for his buddies. He just blesses people and gives of his life and gives of his life.
0: God limited himself to be a single cell. Bruce Marciano is a writer, director, and producer of excellent films. Pastor Francis Chan is a best-selling author of Crazy Love, Forgotten God, and Erasing Hell.
1: Francis Chan is the founder of Eternity Bible College and Cornerstone Church.
0: How could the God who made this
3: whole world then suddenly take the form of this little infant? And why would he do that? And so many people have a hard time believing. You know why we have such a hard time believing that God would humble himself and take the form of a baby? It's because we have a hard time believing in someone that's that much more humble than we are. The greatest being who exists... Perfect humility says, I will lower myself and take the form of this infant who grows up into a man. Do you guys understand why Jesus had to come on the earth? God wants a relationship with you. God just says, look, haven't I shown you that I'm crazy about you? That I sent my son to die for you. Now he lives for you. And the whole idea is he's saying, look, what else do I need to do to show you that I love you? And I want relationship with you. When I pray, I mean, God, the creator of the universe, literally hears me. And it's an awesome, awesome thought to think that the God that created all of this will listen as I speak.
1: Merry Christmas has a different meaning when you realize what Christmas really celebrates.
0: It's best summed up in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us.
3: God became a man, and all of us go, No way. That's awesome. Are you kidding me? God, God, the creator who made the world came down and became a man. We should just sit here and dwell on that and go, no way. That is an amazing truth. That's an amazing thought. And to try to imagine that in our minds, how could the creator, why would the creator come down and take the form of an infant? And there just should be a sense of awe. And I was thinking about from God's perspective, thinking about how, gosh, if I were God looking down on the earth, I would be going, man, I don't believe. I can't believe I have to compete with a new car or a shirt or a guy in a red suit. Listen to these words as though you've never heard them before. Think about this. Philippians 2 verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God... Did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. He's saying God, Jesus, didn't consider equality with God. I mean He is God, equal with God, God sitting on his throne, and yet it says that he emptied himself, he makes himself nothing and takes the form of a man. That's what Christmas is about. So God makes this world, speaks it into existence. The Bible says that through Jesus, that all things were made. Without him, nothing's been made. God makes everything. Then on that one day, he empties himself and becomes a man. The creator came down on the earth because he wanted to tell you that he loves you. Just dwell on that for a second. I listened to these words and I thought, God loved the world? so much that he gave his son. I don't know, it just hit me. He had a son come down on the earth. You get that? And and his son died on a cross to pay for all my crimes. God, the creator. The son became flesh. And God the father is going, okay, I'm going to give my son to the world. I was just getting so emotional at that moment. I thought, It is so sad that Jesus coming to the earth and John 3.16 is a boring verse to me. Have we gotten bored of John 3.16? We should just read it and then fall on our faces and marvel at this for hours. God loves you so much that he sent his son. I've got a video of a tribe in Papua New Guinea. And it's a video of them hearing the gospel message for the first time. It'd be like you going over to some tribe, right? You don't know their language, and so you just sit amongst them and, you know, and try to figure out, you know, Tatanka. You know, you you go back and forth trying to understand this language, and then eventually, as you get to know their culture, and it takes years, you understanding how they communicate, after years of that, then finally, you give them the good news of Jesus Christ and how sin entered the world and you go all through the Bible and then finally you share the gospel. See, finally got to share who Jesus Christ was. It's like they hear this message and they're just rejoicing and jumping up and down. They got it. They realize at the end when I face this God, I'm not going to be punished then. Like, everything I've done that was wrong is completely forgiven. And their response was just this crazy type of joy celebration for two and a half hours. They couldn't stop expressing the joy they found. Remember how awesome that message is and respond with that same amount of joy. Even though for some of us, we've been believers for years. And we've been celebrating Christmas for years. If you really believe in Jesus Christ... If you really believe that He died on that cross for you, it's not about you earning your salvation. It's not by works, like you have to do something. You have to make up for all the junk you did in the past. Then you can get baptized. Then you're really saved. No, that's not what the Bible says. It says it's not about works. It's about God giving His Son to you and you believing that. And it's it's by grace. It's this free gift that you've been given. If you think that you have to work to get into heaven that you're going to work your way in, I can guarantee you, you will never get there until you get to the point where you realize that you will never be good enough for God. But God loved you so much that he came down on the earth to tell you that he loved you that much. And then he had his, his own son, Diana Cross, to pay for your crimes because he loved you that much. And he says, now salvation is a free gift that I want to give to you. I want you in heaven. You don't have to work for it. You just have to believe, you just have to have faith that my son died for you and accept this free gift. Now, once you accept it, yeah, the works will come. That doesn't save you. That's just the natural response of a person who really gets it. We should be like those people, like that tribe where we go, are you kidding me? I'm clean. I'm free. God looks at me and he accepts me. He calls me his child, his friend, his bride. That's an amazing thought. See that phrase made himself nothing. Here's God almighty creator of the universe. He made himself nothing. He made himself into this little infant in this feeding trough. And I looked at that and I thought, see, I don't want to do that. I don't want to come in this room and make myself nothing and take the form of a servant and just go around from person to person, and go, "Hey, what do you need? How can I help you?" I want to come in this room and there's certain things I want to I don't feel like making myself nothing and making myself nothing before my kids and before my wife and before my neighbors and just walking around like a servant how can I help you how can I help you how can I help you I don't feel like doing that made himself nothing taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men I want you to think through this Christmas season and think of it from God's perspective We adore Jesus by realizing, you know, what he says, whatever I do for the least of these, I have to treat these little kids, I have to treat these people who are in need as though they were Jesus himself. That's what he asked us to do.
0: Jesus said in Matthew twenty-five, thirty-one to 46, that in order to be like him, we need to be like sheep, not goats, to serve Jesus by serving other people, giving others what they need as if they were giving it to Jesus Christ himself. Philippians 2, verse 6 through 11, Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. When Jesus was at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, he wasn't grasping or holding on to his life in heaven, but he gave it up. He let it go. He gave it up to come to earth.
1: Jesus gave up his position. He actually left the glory in heaven to come to earth to make himself nothing. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
0: Amen. So many people think they're going to heaven, but they're not. I am deeply concerned that even though you are sitting in a church
3: building, that some of you one day will go to hell to be tormented day and night forever and ever And by the time you figure it out, it'll be too late. That's my biggest concern. Look, I have a couple of fears. One fear is I don't want anyone thinking they're going to heaven if they're not. That's horrible. And the most loving thing is not to just let people go and not offend them and wait till they figure it out at the end. But I also have another fear, man. I don't want people who know Jesus to feel like they don't and be worried about it. And how to walk that tension and go, God, I don't want to just get everyone worried about their salvation. At the same time, I don't want everyone just to assume that they're saved. And so you just, you just go, I don't know how to differentiate the two. I can't just read the words of scripture. If I'm completely honest right now, that's what I care about. I know some of you guys are struggling in your marriages, and I care, but not as much as I care about this. Some of you are struggling with sickness, and I, I care, but not as much as this. Some of you are dealing with the loss of a job, and I care, but not nearly as much as I care about this. Because this is forever. Okay. This is forever. You're all going to stand before this God. And he's going to say one of two things for you and it lasts forever. Either well done, good and faithful servant, man, come over here. Man, you you're my son, you're my daughter. Get over here forever and ever or depart from me. I never knew you. One of the passages that caused me to get into Christian ministry was when I read Matthew 7 verse 21 where Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And right before he was talking about you can tell the good tree by the good fruit. Because not everyone who just says to me, Lord, Lord. And as I read that passage, it, it's showing me, it says, in the last day, many people, many are going to come to him and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? And it says, and he will say, Depart from me, I never knew you. And so clearly in that passage, there are people who are deceived. It seems from the language that they're going to get to the end and go, wait a second, I thought for sure I was getting, what are you talking about? I did this, I taught Sunday school. I hardly ever missed a day of church. I was raised in the church. They told me, just come forward, pray a prayer. Man, I did that prayer. Well, what's going on here? There are many people who will think, but they're going to be deceived. That terrifies me. That scares me. And so if you want to know what I care about and what I see in Scripture, it's these passages where I go, man, I'm concerned. What's a loving thing to do? Just kind of go, oh, let me give you a happy sermon today, and let's all go feel better because life is tough. No, I think about the end. Look, life is a vapor. You're here one second, and then you're gone. And so I just prayed. I go, God, if I were honest, loving... Unafraid of what anyone thought, what would I say? I would go to some of these passages. I would go to the scripture because I'm afraid that someone lied to you and you didn't take the time to study this book for yourself so you don't even know. I'm afraid someone told you that there's no hell anymore. That's really popular. Man, when's the last time you even heard the word hell from a pulpit? Why? Because someone's been lying to you. They're saying, how can a loving God punish how could a loving god torture that's what our world teaches that's the popular teaching but i'm not here to teach what's popular i'm here to teach what's biblical i'm saying if you study the bible read it yourself start in genesis you'll read about a time when god actually drowned everyone on the planet he was grieved that he made them it's pretty early on you only got to go like six chapters now, would a loving God drown everyone on the planet? Every man, woman, and child, and infant? A loving God did that? You'll, you'll read about a loving God who says to the Egyptians, Hey, if you don't let my people go, I'll kill the firstborn of every household. Wait, wait. The, you'll kill, you'll send an angel to kill the firstborn of every house. Loving God. I'm not saying He's not a loving God, I'm just saying there's other parts of Him. He's also a God of justice, He's a God of wrath. Read this book. And you go, oh, but you're quoting from Genesis, that's the way He used to be. Do I need to read the book of Revelation to you? You want to see how it ends? To know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Listen, we have a God who is a God of love. He's a God of redemption. He's a God who wants to save. I mean, that's why He sent His Son. You'll see people who over and over said, "Repent, turn. You need to be born again. You got to start this thing all over. You got to die to yourself." That's what Jesus taught. John three sixteen says, "God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him." Keep reading. John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has life. He who does not obey the Son shall not see life. And the wrath of God abides on him. Just keep reading. Read this book. It's about those who turn to Jesus. Who recognize, man, I've been living for myself no, you got to stop that. you got to turn from that and say, man, I used to just live thinking it was all about me. And even so many in the church still allow that type of thinking, that God is here for you. So what do you need from Him? And He'll just keep giving you and feed this self-centered mindset. No, it's about me turning from who Francis was and what he wants and saying, no, I'm a part of another kingdom now. I've got a citizenship here. Now you're my Lord. Where where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? I'm just going to say, I know some people hate this. You know, I'm going to lay it out because I'm a part of a different kingdom now. I've repented. You turn from yourself and you follow jesus i I studied one time because i was getting ready for an easter sermon you know easter's that that day where where everyone shows up and so you go man what do i say what do i say you get a little nervous thinking man if i say the right thing maybe they'll come twice a year you know like you, you know all this pressure of how do i keep people in the church so i began to study i go man what did jesus say when crowds showed up man and it was shocking he didn't say oh so glad you're here come back next week you know we got this program this program this you won't want to miss that he didn't say that bring a friend no he what he did i started studying i'm going wow jesus you said that see jesus didn't beg that was surprising in fact people begged him can i follow you And the people would come to him, going, Man, can I follow you? And he's like, Man, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but I have nowhere to lay my head. You you sure you want to follow me? Because I'm homeless tonight. I don't know where I'm sleeping. You want to follow me? That was Jesus. It wasn't just, Oh, good, they showed up. Let's keep them there somehow. No, Jesus was honest. Jesus was so honest, so brutally honest. In fact, I was having breakfast with a friend of mine. He said as we're eating, he goes, you know, I just opened my Bible and I just started reading all the words in red. And I just read through the whole thing. I just kept turning pages, 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 just reading. What did Jesus say? Because in my Bible he says all the words of Jesus are in red. So I just read them all, all of them. It doesn't take that long. Just read them all. And he goes, I was shocked. He goes, Jesus was direct. He goes, Jesus sure did sound a lot different from preachers today. And I go, man, what you did, I beg people to do. I beg them, stop listening to everyone else and get alone with the Word of God and just read it. Read it for yourself. I mean, your eternity depends on it. You're not even going to read it. Man, take some time, understand the words of Jesus. Man, if you feel like, oh, no, I can't read that whole book. My eternity's is not worth it. Just read the red part at least. Just start with that. Just read Jesus' words. It'll take you a couple hours. And just go, okay, everything I've been taught my whole life, how does it compare to what Jesus said?
0: We've been listening to an impassioned message by Pastor Francis Chan, who said that God is a God of love, but also He's a God of justice.
1: John three thirty says, whoever believes in the son has life, but he who doesn't believe or trust in the son or rejects the son will not see life. That is very sobering.
0: Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Taking up your cross means you die to yourself and become alive to do what Jesus Christ wants you to do.
1: Here are the concluding remarks by Pastor Francis Chan.
3: Man, I just beg you, just get on your face, maybe for the first time, before you actually see God face to face. Maybe today's the day where you get on your knees and you actually picture God in heaven in all of his glory as your coming judge and as your savior. And you say to him, Jesus, I believe You created this world. I believe you died for me and I am so happy to receive you as my king. And then may your life change now because his spirit coming into you. May you get involved with the local church and have your life be transformed because this wasn't just something that Jesus did years ago. He's alive today and he's knocking the door of your heart.
0: We've been listening to Pastor Francis Chan, author of Crazy Love, Forgotten God, and Erasing Hell.
1: Jesus came to be a living demonstration of what God is really like. God became a man.
0: The message of Christmas is Emmanuel. He is God with us, standing beside us in the ER at the gravesite. When life is depressed or painful, Jesus is God standing there with us. And that's what Christmas is all about. Jesus came to demonstrate what God is like.
1: God has seen loving sinners. He went to seek the lost, the down and out, the brokenhearted, the grief-stricken. He ate with sinners. He loved them into the kingdom of God.
0: He really did. Jesus was a joy to be around. The greatest gift is not Christmas presents, but Christ's presence. God with us, Emmanuel.
1: That is a beautiful, loving message. If you would like a CD copy of today's Christmas program, please ask for number 1812, The Miraculous Birth of God. That's number 1812 The Miraculous Birth of God. You can order a CD copy from our website. Our website is issuesineducation.org. That's issuesineducation.org. Or you can call us at 928-776-0000. That's 928-776-0000. From Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. For Issues in Education, this has been Bob and Jerry Boyd, and we wish you a very Merry Christmas.